It's time for Mac Geek Gab, and our opening quick tip comes from me. Last week while I was traveling, I was using my laptop a bunch, and of course I'm running Ventura on my laptop, and because fruit juice has been end of life, I had gone into system settings control center and added the batteries show in menu bar there. And as we were getting ready to, so that might be a quick tip in and of itself, as we were getting ready, you know, as our trip was wrapping up, I wanted to make sure my laptop was, you know, fully charged before we got on the plane and did all that stuff. And so on Friday night, before we flew out, I looked and I saw my laptop was sitting at like 80% charged and it was not charging. And so I looked in the battery menu and there was an option in there that said, uh, well, first at the top, it said the power source was from the power adapter and it will be charged by 11 a.m. I knew we were going to be leaving by about 9 a.m. And right below that was an option that said charge to full now. I selected that from the little battery menu and then boom, it started charging. And of course, it was all fully charged up by the time it was time to go. More tips like this, plus your questions answered, and really, plus cool stuff found today on Mac Geek Up 966 for Monday, January 30th, 2023. <laughs> Greetings, folks, and indeed. Welcome to or welcome back to Mac Geek Gab, the show where we take your quick tips like the one that we just shared, your questions sometimes, but we probably won't get to questions today because we also take your cool stuff found and we have tons of that. We share it all. We mash it all together into an agenda that makes some sort of sense to us, at least when we start out. The goal being that each of us learns at least five new things every single time we get together. Sponsors for this episode include Masterclass, where you can visit masterclass.com slash MGG for unlimited access to Masterclass. We'll talk more in depth about that in a little bit. For now, back here after being in the South Tyrolean region of Italy, uh, back here in Durham, New Hampshire, I am Dave Hamilton. Uh, I think John's still muted again. That's going to be a thing for you every week, John. But, you know, there it's we all go. good. Yeah. <laughs> and here in Fairfield, Connecticut, this is John F. Braun. And here in Lee, New Hampshire, where it's indicating that I'm not on mute <laughs> this time, <laughs> because I've never done that before, except every week, is Pilot Pete. Thanks for having me back, guys. It's always fun to be here with you. Welcome back, Dave. Glad Thank you. you. Safe travels. Yeah. And the travels were safe. I uh, had a an interesting incident with, like, double security in uh, in Germany on our way back on Saturday where they pulled me out for random screening. This was oh after I'd already gone through the whole TSA thing. You, you, uh, yeah, their version of TSA, right. You know, you're the, uh, you're on there. No fly list too, huh? Dude, th this, they had an entire setup that was just like the TSA thing downstairs. Uh, it, we were in Munich airport, which is just massive. Uh, this was right before I could get to my gate. They pulled, you know, some of us out at random. We had to go through second round of nudie scanners. We had to go through, uh, th like, take all our stuff out of our bags. But this was way more thorough than what they made us do, uh, you know, for the normal TSA-ish thing. They made me take, and this is when I started to tantrum a little bit. Um, they 
made me take my iPad out of its case, mm-hmm. which I've never I've seen. That. Yeah, in Europe. Yeah, yeah, that's not uncommon. They they made me. Uh, they made us take all our food out of our bags. They made us take our shoes off, which they didn't do downstairs at the TSA thing. And yeah. then this was the worst part, and it freaked everyone out. It, it wasn't just me. Like I, you know, I know I like to yeah. tantrum in situations like this because you might, like, you might have sort of intuited about me that I have issues with like authority figures. Um, I, I don't know if that's obvious or not, but uh, but you know, except your own, you know, when you're well, in charge. Well, exactly. <laughs> There's a reason that I'm in charge. Uh, yeah. They uh, they were asking people and and I. I need to reiterate here, this happened in Munich. They were speaking English to us, but of course had, you know, fairly thick German accents. They were asking us to remove our books and our papers from our backpacks so that they could inspect our papers. This. Mm. Yeah, it 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 was a little tone deaf from the, you know, yeah. History from maybe, you know, 70 yeah, years okay. ago, something. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was not, it was not a good look. Nobody was happy. Like, it, it, in fact, everybody there, they were losing control of the situation. Um, it was, it was a fascinating little Seems thing. Seems like they ought to do it in a different manner than or adjust, but. Uh, correct. Yeah. yeah co- correct. We actually have a, uh, we call them FCIS flight crew information files. Those yep. are read files that they put out to keep you up to speed on information. And one of the ones they sent out, geez, three or four years ago now was how to remove your iPad from the case because it's a very common request. Fascinating. In Europe. But yeah, the whole yeah, papers the thing. Question. The guy in front of me, they asked him, dude, like, do you have any books or papers? He's like, well, I've got my book that I, I'm going to read on the plane and I've got some papers for work. They're like, yeah, take those out. We need to inspect those. It's like, what? How is that mm. making the plane safer for you to inspect his papers? Um, I'll speculate that it's uh, they're making sure that there aren't any, you know, communications in there that may be al qaeda or, you know, I don't know. Man, that's a, a speculation. But, yeah. That's a, well, if your speculation is correct, that's also a bad look for them. It is. But, uh, you know, <laughs> cr- cr- criminals are stupid and would carry those papers around with them. Right. By yeah. Them. By definition, still asking to inspect our papers in a German accent was a yeah, yeah, bad, bad for PR, Lufthansa. Bad for PR, Lufthansa. All right, all right, Dave. I got a battery story. What's your battery story? So, as you know, I just got Apple Care done on my MacBook Pro 16 inch because your one of your keys wasn't working, right? Correct. Yeah. Um. So I brought it to the local apple store they're like oh yeah you know it's uh they're like we're you know we'll send it out and i'm like uh i'd rather you didn't could you uh have the part shipped here and then fix it here and they're like yeah sure um so i get the machine back everything is working great and then i noticed on the top of the screen because i still run fruit juice it showed that i was charged 100 percent, and then when i unplugged it shows the remaining time, and it was like six hours, 50 minutes. And I'm like, that's not right. <laughs> um, so I run fruit juice and look at the factory capacity history, and it was like at almost full capacity. Oh, How could this happen? What they, what they probably did, so it was close to 80% when they got it in the shop. It was like 80% capacity, which is a... Usually, if you have less than that within the time period, you get a new battery. 
Well, I guess they just made that decision. On nice. Own. Oh, that's that makes like that gives your machine uh, like a, a I would say a little boost in value or at least a boost in sellability. Mm-hmm. If uh, it, you know, if you're going to sell it and get one of those those M1 or M2 uh, Max, whichever way. Yeah, you new battery. Cool. That's great. Wow. That's yeah. Awesome. So it it um and then I looked in uh, system info. Yeah, and it was at eighty five ninety five of eighty seven ninety milliamp hours, and shows eleven charging cycles. That's great. So, eleven. Oh, that well, that's how you know it's brand new. Yeah, there you go. Oh, that's beautiful. great, man. So, so get Apple Care, people. How? Uh, I I mean, I know fruit juice still runs on uh, on Ventura, but it has been discontinued, folks. Mm-hmm. So. Um, yeah, so just just so everybody knows, it's that's which is too bad. Yeah, yeah well, more. it's unnecessary anymore. It is, it is superfluous. There's yeah. no doubt about it. But. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's its day has has come and gone, and in in its day, it was a very yeah. necessary app, but it's it it is no longer that. Yeah, yeah. All right, uh, we do have some quick tips to get to. In fact, we have a lot of quick tips to get to. John, you want to? Uh, you want to start us off with Joe? We'll start off with Joe. So Joe says, I've got a quick tip that comes, by the way, of my seven-year-old daughter, Phoebe. Ooh. A couple of days ago, she asked for my assistance with something on her MacBook Pro. When we woke the machine, we were greeted with the multi-user login window. She quickly typed the letter P to get to her login so she could enter her password. I was like, wait, what did you just do? After almost two decades of using a Mac, I never knew you could do that. Anyway, I'm not sure it's worthy of quick tips. Well, no, yes, it is. That's exactly a quick tip. I had no idea. That's great. Wow. Wow. Yeah. So, uh, Very so cool. thank you for that. And then let's see. And then the next one here. Here's another fun one from Ben. Um, as usual, I discovered this quick tip while errantly <laughs> pressing a keyboard shortcut. You know, the little up-down button next to the where pop-up menu in a save dialog on the Mac. Oh, yeah, where it, it like shows the name at the top and then where you're going to choose it, mm-hmm. and it's a little menu. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it expands and contracts the dialog. Often the default state in an application is contracted, and you have to know to click it to expand. Well, I just discovered the command plus is the keyboard shortcut for this action. I have no idea how long this has been around. Huh. Huh? Did you did I have you tried this? Does it work, John? Oh yeah, it, it yes, it works, definitely. Amazing. Um and also if you run default folder, if you go to the small save dialog, yep. It'll show it, there'll be a little icon embedded in there and if you click on it, it will expand the window and also show you all your default folder and categories. And does uh um What's the right way to say? It? Does Command Plus also toggle that in default folder? Um, n- not really. Okay, so it's not the same keyboard shortcut for for default folder to do this. Okay, uh, but default folder is within the dialog. Is is what I'm saying? Oh, okay. oh, I see what you're saying. Okay, got it, got it, got it. That makes sense. Okay, yeah, cool. I like it. I like it. Um, while in, uh, while in Italy, the the area that we were in South Tyrol is, um, was part of Austria actually, uh, uh, up until about a hundred years ago. 
And because of that, German is the most sort of prevalent language used there. Pretty much everybody there speaks German and Italian and, and then also English uh, is, is extremely common, but, but it's, it's this, it, it's, it's different than elsewhere that I've been in Europe where there's the primary language. If the country doesn't speak English, like, you know, in, in, in Greece or, or in France or in Spain. Uh, but the secondary language is always English in this South Tyrolean region. Uh, it's German. And then the secondary language is Italian. And so English isn't, uh, isn't in most places. So I was messing with, we used Google translate and Apple's translate apps a lot. And, you know, a, a side quick tip before you travel, download the language files into those apps for offline use, just in case you don't have a solid data connection. Like there you go. However, not only do they do, uh, do these apps, both Google translate and Apple do this. Um, they do, uh, where you can type in the words, you can take a picture of like a menu and it'll just sort of magically change it on the screen. And then it will also do audio where it will translate audio. They both have a conversation mode where you can have it literally listen to actively simultaneously to two different people speaking two different languages. And it will translate as you're going uh, in, in real time. And it, it's really fascinating how well it works. It obviously requires you to sort of speak and then pause and speak and then pause. Cause it's got to do its translation and, and, and relay that translation back and forth. But it's pretty smooth. Have you used um, any of these conversation features in, in either Apple or Google Translate, Pete? I have. To, to some degree, I have. But I don't recall. I was going to ask you, what it does it speak it or does it just print it on the screen? Both. It speaks it and okay. prints it. Yeah. Okay, I don't recall. Yeah, I've never tried that. So I'm going to have to play with that some more. Because I recall you, you trying some earbuds at CES that yeah. did it on the fly. And the guy was speaking Mandarin. And it came right through. Yeah. Do you remember what he was saying to you? Um, we were just having a conversation about how loud it was in the room. It was really oh, okay. what we were talking about. But yeah, yeah, but yes, this works the same way. It's it's really, I was blown away with how smooth it was. It's fascinating. It, it's going to make the world even smaller very soon. That Well, that's it, the thing. Yeah, even, even just being able to take a picture of a menu, because menus were either in, it, most that I've menu, used a lot. Yeah, most menus yeah. there were were in like every dish was the description of it was listed in in both German and then Italian. But but English menus were few and far. Uh, yeah. They were they were hard to come by. So, I've used that a lot yeah. for menus, street signs. Yeah, all sorts of things. Yeah, exactly. You wind, wind up in the wrong gender bathroom. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly, exactly. Yeah. And then the other thing that I was using was Safari's translate to English mode. It, okay. th this happens on the fly and it works on your phone. It works on your Mac. If you're viewing a, uh, I mean, obviously my computer is set to English as the main language. So it knows when I'm viewing a page that is not in English. And then it offers kind of where you would find your password manager or reader mode or any of those. You just tap on that little menu in Safari and often, not always, but most of the time, one of the options is translate to English. And it it translates it within the page so you can still see everything. The formatting remains where it should be. In in most cases, it just translates the page to English on the okay. fly. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So handy little uh handy little travel tips. So yeah. What's next, John? Uh, I think uh what's next is Keith. Okay. 
Um, I don't know if you've already mentioned this, but it's cool. I was doing some screen recording on my phone and mentioned to my 13-year-old girl that we should replace the sounds and add voiceover to it. She says, you can do that already. Uh-huh. <laughs> of course, the 13-year-old has the answer. Uh, yeah. uh, if you long press the screen recording button from the control center, you will get a popover that allows two things. One, it allows you to select the open app that you want to record. Um. Nice. And then presents a button for the microphone to turn it on. So while it is screen recording, you can do a voiceover. I haven't played around with the volume control while recording yet, but that would be useful as it doesn't duck existing sounds when you speak. I haven't found a way to toggle it on off while recording without going to control center. Mm. Uh, maybe a tap back to do it. That's pretty cool. I I didn't know that you could sort of the 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 lead that's buried there is I didn't know that you could pick a specific app to record. I I thought it yeah. was just cuz I've always done it and then trim the edges out and and you could if you had to go and like toggle the microphone on and off, you could just go in and slice out those you know those those moments where you're going back and forth to to turning the mic off, but um yeah. yeah. Huh? That's pretty what good. I've done is just bring it to iMovie on the laptop and do it that way. Yeah, know, yeah, exactly. Audio track in and that sort of I, thing. But, I'll say that iMovie on the phone is an excellent editor, but you know what's an even better editor on the phone is TikTok. The TikTok video editor and Stitcher together and like all of the tools in there are fantastic. If you want to, you know, if you want to create a, a TikTok that's like four different videos or something, you can put them all together and then you can trim them in there and also set the elapsed time of each video. So if you want to, you know, like people are showing like a morning routine or something, you might not want to see somebody brush their teeth for two and a half minutes or something. So, you know, you can compress that down to a a five second thing where they're just like brushing really fast or making coffee or whatever. Like it's pretty amazing. TikTok's video editor is one of the best that I have seen. Um, I was going to say on the phone, but, really anywhere for just doing simple things. And then of course you can go through and do your voiceover afterwards, which I think is an even better way to, to do things. Um, so yeah, yeah, no, t- check out TikTok's editor too. That's pretty good. And I'm and sure as a bonus yeah. tip, uh, when you're in control center, um, if you hold down, if you do the same thing, if you hold down on flashlight, timer, calculator, or wallet, you will also get additional options. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. We love these bonus quick tips. It's good. Uh, you want to take us to Scott, John? Is that who's up next here? Yeah. Okay. Uh, let's see. Ah, oh, there we are. Okay. Scott says, I use the timers on my watch often. When the countdown hits zero, it starts vibrating and showing the done indicator on the screen. There's a tiny X in the lower left corner and to end the timer that I've always had a problem tapping because of its size and location. This morning, I thought, what happens if I just press the crown? And I did that. Guess what? It turns off the timer. Way easier. Oh, so you just use the crown to dismiss the timer. I love Mm -hmm. it. Huh. Okay. I would assume that that would snooze it. I always thought, unless you get the end, that you're going to get... Get it back on again in nine minutes, you know? Yeah, I wonder if the... If that's just the alarm. If if it would snooze the alarm. I think that's correct, Pete. I think the crown snoozes the alarm but dismisses the timer. Huh? Yeah, I never knew that that would dismiss the timer. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Um, 
as I was processing last week's show, you know, I always go through and find all the companies that we mentioned and send them out their emails and all that good stuff. Uh, I came across the link to the Apple support article that we mentioned last week talking about how to use terminal to tell your computer to, uh, you know, restart at a certain time every week. Cause Ventura removed all of that from the, the um, you know, from the user interface. One thing I noticed in that article was it was referring to the PM set terminal command, which is what you used to do all that. And there was a link that brought me directly when I clicked it, it said, do you want to open terminal? And I was like, sure. And it brought me to the man page, the, the documentation page in the terminal for that PM set command. And it used, and I'm putting this in the show notes. So you folks don't have to remember this as I'm typing it, but the, the URL that was there was X dash man dash page colon slash slash, and then command name. So in this case, it was colon slash slash PM set. And that's all it took. So you can link directly to man pages, which means here on this show, whenever we talk about terminal commands, we will link to their man pages for you because, uh, and maybe what we should do is link. We'll use this. Uh, the, I think there's a man page for the man command, which is super. Uh, yeah, there is. So we will link to the man page for the, uh, the, for the man command, just to, you know, make things interesting. Yeah, pretty good. John Harvey, he's next. Harvey is next. Um, in one of your episodes, you talked about setting multiple timers on an app watch. Sometimes that can get confusing when you have multiple timers going as to which timer means what thing. Like when you are cooking or grilling something and need to, to time it when multiple things will be done or need to be attended to. Here's a quick tip. It turns out that all you have to do when you use the S-Lady to set a timer is name it. So you might say, S-Lady, take a break timer for 10 minutes. Uh, uh, your timer will be named, take a break. Then I think you you'd have to say, timer. set a take a break timer for 10 minutes. Ah, sorry. Right? right? I think because uh, I... Set, set a take a break timer for 10 minutes, yes. Yeah. Sorry if I missed that. Uh, your timer will be named Take a Break. Then if you need another timer, just name it something else. Um, hey, Slady, set a call Dave timer for 30 minutes. Uh, Slady doesn't always get exactly what you label it, but it is enough for you to figure out what the timer is for. All the timers will show up on your watch and should be labeled with what you asked it to do. This makes it easy to differentiate multiple timers on your watch. Unfortunately, as you mentioned, these multiple timers only work on an Apple Watch, not any Apple, not any other Apple device that I know of. Um, and I'm going to have to disagree with that, Dave. Really? <laughs> yes. Um, because what I did is I actually tried the same. So I tried it with the watch and it worked. Okay. Then it was like, hmm, do I have any other devices that use the S lady? Um. I tried it on my HomePod mini and, and it worked, but here's the weird thing. The timers were separate from the watch timers. Oh, so it's like each device has its own little world, world, right? Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, 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 yeah. Timers are not synced across devices. I mean, for obvious reasons, right? You've got multiple timer availability on the watch. And as you found on the HomePod, 
on your Mac, on your iPhone. It's one timer. Mm-hmm. Actually, I don't know. There's no timers app on the map Mac. I should, I should take that back on the iPhone and iPad. You get one timer at a time, I believe. Uh, multiple timers work very well with the Amazon a lady as well. We do. We use that yeah. in the kitchen all the time where we'll say, you know, set a bread timer for 54 minutes. Cause that's how long sourdough cooks for in our house. But you know, you can also say, you know, set a, uh, whatever you know a rice timer for for 12 minutes or however long the rice is supposed to take because i think normally it'll just call it like second timer correct like that you're right yeah it will let you but then you know you start stacking them and it's like well we which timer is that Mm -hmm. like you know which i have no idea i have no idea bill reminds me i gotta say i'm sorry i got you okay totally fine just for fun uh if you want to see the one of apple's best ads ever right was the timer and the cookie monster. Remember that one? Oh yeah, that's right. So go look that up on YouTube. It's an absolute scream. You know, if I could save time in a bottle and you know, he's just dying for those cookies to be done. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, it turns out uh, that there is in fact a timer in Ventura, the clock app as PM Conaway in our discord live chat at MackieCub.com slash discord points out. Uh, if you launch the clock app, there is the world clock, the alarm, the stopwatch and the timer tabs. And if you go to the timer tab, you can set a timer. So that's uh, that's a good one. This is why I love doing the show and streaming it live because nice. we get. Yeah, we didn't have to wait a week to correct that. I love it. All right, Bill. Uh, Bill's got his own quick tip for us. Take it away, Bill. Hey, guys. Bill from Menlo Park here. I have a quick tip on AirPods Pro and using them with an old iPad mini. (laughs) I have a hand-me-down iPad mini 2. My wife is the prime iPad user in our household. I also have the new AirPods Pro second generation, a Christmas gift to myself. I use the iPad mini rarely, mostly for videos I've downloaded on Netflix or HBO Max or Prime when we travel. On a recent trip, I tried to use my new AirPods with the old mini, but unlike on my iPhone or MacBook, they don't magically appear and connect, nor do they show up in the Bluetooth settings. The Mini 2 only handles up to OS 12.5.5, by the way. A quick bit of Google Foo, after I got home, brought me to this video on YouTube, and I've included the link, where it was shown that there is a little button on the back of the AirPods case that will put the AirPods into a normal Bluetooth discovery mode. I hadn't realized the little circle on the back of the case was a button. With your AirPods in the case, you open the top, hold the button, and the LED on the case flashes white. Then, using the iPad's Bluetooth settings, I could connect the new AirPods to the old iPad. You won't get the controls for active noise control, but if you set up your AirPods to control that with a press and hold on the AirPod itself, you can do it. If you have trouble, I suggest shutting off Bluetooth temporarily on the other devices. This not-so-quick tip may help others who hang on to their tech toys longer than average, like I do. Take care. Enjoy the show, always. I've listened for years. And don't get caught. Ooh, there's that sound. That sound means I get to tell you about Masterclass, our sponsor. With Masterclass, you can learn from the world's best minds anytime, anywhere, and at your own pace. You could learn scientific thinking and communication from Neil deGrasse Tyson. You could learn science and problem solving from Bill Nye. You can learn how to think like an FBI profiler from John Douglas. You can learn how to cook from Gordon Ramsay. You can learn the art of negotiation from Chris Voss. 
There's so many classes. In fact, Masterclass has over 2,500 classes from a range of world-class instructors. So that thing you've always wanted to do is closer than you think. I took that cooking class with Gordon Ramsay. I'd been to one of his restaurants, and I loved those scrambled eggs. If you've never had Gordon Ramsay scrambled eggs, these things will blow you away. Well, in this class, one of the lessons is you learn how to make these scrambled eggs. And they work. Like, I did it. It's amazing. What's cool is each lesson is broken down. They're about 10 minutes in length. In fact, the uh, scrambled eggs lesson in the Gordon Ramsay class was only six and a half minutes long, which is which is great because you don't have to dedicate hours to taking the whole class at once. You get to take it in bite-sized chunks wherever you are. Works on your phone, works on your Mac, you can Apple TV, like do, do whatever you want. Very cool stuff. I highly recommend you check it out. Get unlimited access to every class, and as a Mac Geekab listener, you get 15% off an annual membership. Go to masterclass.com slash MGG now. That's masterclass.com slash MGG for 15% off Masterclass, and our thanks to Masterclass for sponsoring this episode. While we're here, I've got a podcast to tell you about. It's Mac Break Weekly. You can get ready to join the podcast all about Apple from uncovering the latest Macs, iPhones, iPads, Apple Watches, and Apple TV, plus new innovations and rumblings inside Apple. The Mac Break Weekly podcast covers it all. Go behind the curtain with Twit.tv's Leo Laporte, Renee Ritchie, Andy Anatko, Alex Lindsay. Sometimes I'm even on there as they dive into everything Apple related. Get a new episode of Mac Break Weekly every Tuesday evening and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Like I said, go check it out. It's a good show. And our thanks to Leo and the team for doing this uh, swap with us. So last week, uh, of course, I was traveling and I mentioned that I was doing some work. I did actually some work every day to make sure I stayed up to date with things. And that's the only way that we're able to be here this morning doing this show, because otherwise I'd probably be buried in emails and all that good stuff. Uh, I, as you know, like to bring a screen with me so that I can have a second screen to use, uh, when I set up my sort of travel work environment. And this time I brought the brand new VP 16 OLED from ViewSonic. This screen is, uh, is fantastic. I, uh, it, it's, it's a, it's a 15.6 inch diagonal screen. They call it a 16 inch screen. It's fine. 1080p OLED. It looks so much better than the other 1080p screens that I've used at this size. That OLED screen is awesome. It's also got a very cool stand that uh, folds up uh, along the back of it. So it folds flat, easy to put in your suitcase. The stand either acts as like a little kickstand that, uh, essentially rests the base of the screen on the desk. And then this has a little kickstand that comes out behind it or the kickstand itself can be the base of the stand and you can have the screen up several inches off the desk. It's a really cool design and uh, I, like it worked flawlessly for me. One of the nice parts is it's got uh, it's got two USB-C ports on it. So I had one of them running upstream to my Mac which gave me the display and then one of them running to power so that all I had to do was sit down and plug the one thing into my laptop and it started charging and fired up the screen, of course. So um, it's uh, it's available from ViewSonic. I think you can get it on Amazon too. the MSRP is four twenty seven ninety nine uh, U.S. dollars. So, yeah, that's that's my first 
contribution to cool stuff found this week. It was it was that a was, lifesaver. Yeah, that was a great piece of gear. That's the one we saw at CES. It's the one we saw at CES, and they were able to get me one before I left. Yeah, dude, they didn't give me one. Yeah, I got to go buy one now. Yeah, no, this this screen is spectacular. They were also showing off a 4K OLED screen at CES, but that's not ready. Uh, I think that's coming out like second half of this year, let's say. And, okay. Yeah. So, but th- this thing, this thing blew me away. Um, it does have speakers in it. I didn't really even use them. I, I, I mean, I would, I, I, we had an extra bedroom in our Airbnb that I sort of made into my office. And uh, so I would just put my AirPods in and, and, you know, and go. So nice. it worked great. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. That's good. Thank goodness too, man. Uh, like, it was so great. This trip happened at a bad time work-wise for me to like go away because we were at CES and then we came back and, and uh, at least two of us here were, you know, sick with whatever that thing was at CES that we got. And that wiped me out for a couple of days. And I, so I, I was leaving sort of without being caught up. So being able to have that screen and, and have a good work environment while I traveled, it, it, it changed my my outlook for future trips. So you actually talked about that on your other show though, the business brain on business brain. That's correct. You know, setting it up. So, you, you know, one or two hours a day, focus on that sort of stuff. And then you can be present with your family instead of worrying about. Absolutely. So that's a big deal. No, it, it was a huge deal. It was really nice. Cause obviously we were visiting our daughter who lives over there now. And I, I wanted to be there, but I, it was like, eh, we should yeah, do this in May. Do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Good stuff. Uh, what's, uh, what's your first contribution here, John? Does it come from Steve? Is that right? Yes. Sweet. Steve and Christopher. Um, so Steve says, uh, it's been a while since I submitted anything to you, but when I received Gary Rosenweig's Rosenzweig, he's been on the show. We love Gary. Mm -hmm. Oops. So sorry. I mangled that. Um, MacMost.com newsletter. And yesterday he posted an article about his free clipboard manager. Um, a new free Mac utility app, Clip Tools. Clip Tools is a free clipboard manager and text selection utility for Mac from MacMost. With it, you can access your clipboard history, save clips, use programmable smart clips, paste the date or time, insert example text, perform calculations, and paste the result or replace the selection. Convert numbers to words, sort lines, and so much more. Um Check it out, and huh. we'll provide a link to it. That's cool. Have you have you played with it, John? Have you no no? Okay. Do you you don't use a clipboard manager yet? Is that right? Not really. Huh. Um. The um uh, Golden Chaos extension, the Better Touch tool, does have a clipboard manager. Okay. So okay. I have access to one. I just yeah yeah yeah. It's not really part of my my groove. Uh, only because you haven't like. I like a clipboard manager for most people. It, it does take embracing some change. So I'll just say that out uh, out loud, but having that stack of your clipboard available there is amazing to be able to copy multiple things and then still recall older stuff. Like I, I, I it's something that Apple I think should incorporate into every device. It might be a little weird to do on iOS, because I don't know how you would invoke it um, that wouldn't be clumsy, but I would like to see them try. But really, I would imagine it's especially useful for people coding. Yeah, no? I mean, yes, I, I like. I can't. I, I use it 
so regularly in everything that I do that I, uh, okay. Yeah. It, it's just part and parcel of my workflow. Like if, if, I use keyboard maestros because I have keyboard maestro already running for other reasons. And so I, you know, it's just, I don't want application creep or at least I try not to have it. I have it just, I try not to, but if for whatever reason, keyboard maestro isn't running on my Mac, I, it, I know almost immediately because as soon as I start doing anything with text, it's like, Oh crap, no, no keyboard, no, no clipboard history. Shoot. Like I rely on it for things. I'll copy stuff to the clipboard and I'll just know that it's going to be there later. I can go grab it. It's it's pretty awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It, it looks like setup may actually have one in there. I don't know. I think they have several. Is. Yeah. But Gary's yeah. is free. So, yeah. and yeah. Gary's, yeah. Gary sounds pretty full featured. Like in addition to just sort of the standard clipboard stuff, it looks like his has, um, like you said, John, it's got like calculations and, and almost, it sounds like maybe snippets as well. So, yeah, I like that. I'd never heard of it yeah. before. Yeah. So I like these uh, cool stuff found segments. What do you got, Pete? I have this cool piece of gear that I actually picked up at CES for tweeting. Hey, I'm here at the Ye Light. That's Y E E L I G H T Ye yep. Light booth. Yep. And uh, it, I tweeted that I was there with it. And here, you know, here's my little giveaway. So it's it it's up on the screen now, uh, both in my hand and uh, uh, there we go. And uh, it's also, uh, Dave's going to show the uh, Amazon link to it. It's $15 on Amazon. Describe it so that the listeners know what it is. It's about seven inches long by about an inch and a half to two inches wide. Okay. It magnetically attaches. You take two little metal clips and they have double-sided tape on them and you put them like up underneath the shelf. I happen to have an armoire that I'm for years have been grabbing a flashlight when I need to find something in there. And... The cool thing about this, it has uh, two things that are really cool. One, it's rechargeable, so it's got a USB-C rechargeable uh, uh, on the end, and then it has a motion detector on it. Okay. So when I open my armoire, the light comes on, and it has two different brightness settings that you can go to. And, man, I, I'm buying more of these, I can tell you right now. First of all, I think under the counter in the kitchen is nice. So I was just going to say, under the kitchen counter. Room, yep. Yeah. Yep. Boom. There. It'll, it'll also come on when when the mice run by. Yes. <laughs> well, no one has know. mouse. <laughs> no, because no one has mouse. That's right. That's right. <laughs> and then, uh, but yeah, in the armoire, in a closet, anywhere where you need light, perfect. I mean this this thing has been the coolest little find. So absolutely, just the fact that it's motion sensing and rechargeable and magnetically clips on, so I'm able to just pull it down and recharge it, and I haven't had to yet. They're LEDs, so I imagine it'll go a year or more. They, yeah, they say that it, it's, it'll it's last for five hours in always-on mode, but the the whole point of it is it doesn't need to be always-on. Right. It just it motion senses. Wow, that's pretty cool. Yeah, so I've, I've been enjoying the heck out of this thing. It's, it's a neat little light. Yeah, they say it. They, they, they're, the Amazon listing says it'll last two months in motion sensor mode. So Yeah, yeah. interesting. So I see, look, looking at your page there, it says $19.99. Well, there's and, two of them, Pete. There's, uh, there's the 7.87-inch the one, which is what you have, which is yep. $14.99. And then there's the double-length 15.74-inch one. Yeah. That's a, that's five bucks more. Okay. Yeah. Better for an under the counter to get exactly. a longer, one. Yeah, a little but, uh, a longer throw. Yep. yep. Sure. Great little light. That's so much fun. I, I'm, you know, isn't it amazing? Like there's amazing. this and the, uh, the O snap that we covered on another show. Yeah. Little things that you just go, Oh, brilliant. Yep. Makes life better. Those. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah, yeah. 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 All right, John, what's Zach got for us? 
All right. Zach has, uh, Zach taught me a, t- a new term. Every year or two, I take a busman's holiday and I get an Android phone. I just picked up a Pixel 6 Pro on Amazon. Since I can't use the Messages app on my Mac, I have discovered Mighty Text. They have a Mac app. They have an iPad app coming soon. It's the Power User Text app that lets you see up to nine SMS or MMS messages on the screen at once. And it will let you use your Mac to start phone calls and tells you your Android battery percentage. Hmm. That's pretty good. That's pretty, yeah, yeah. So if you want to make your Android phone part of the family, this sounds good. Uh, Yeah, they say text from any device, phone notifications on your computer, photo and video syncing, call notifications. Yeah, just have just being able to SMS. I mean, we we're so used to being able to SMS from our our computers using the Messages app because it syncs with our phones. Uh, to be able to do that from the uh, from an Android phone, that's uh, yeah, I can see that being huge. Last week, uh, kind of along the same lines, WhatsApp released their native Mac app in beta, uh, and of course, being in Europe everybody uses WhatsApp. So it was perfect timing for me. It's how we were communicating with our, well, I mean, our Airbnb host, we used it to communicate amongst the family. We use it to, I mean, what it drives me crazy that we hear in the U S like that. WhatsApp isn't just a default part of everyone's messaging life here in the U S. Um, and I think I was, I, I was looking into this, trying to figure out why, because for those of you who who haven't used WhatsApp, it's it's a a messaging app that is uh, uses your data connection. So it's it's not SMS. It's it think of it as iMessage, but open to everyone. So not just for Apple users. And it means that you get like, have you ever tried like sharing, especially in a group, sharing like videos or images in a in a SMS group, like a Green Bubble group. It sucks because SMS and MMS like just munges all of that stuff and and dilutes it down with WhatsApp. It's a data protocol and it works for iPhone. It works for Android. It works for Mac. Now it works for, you can get an iPad app. You can use the web. It, it It's end to end encrypted, but I, I, it just drives me crazy that we don't use it sort of ubiquitously here. Like, like everyone in, that's not in North America does. And I think the reason that it hasn't caught on is that we have uh, unlimited SMS as part of our plans here in in North America, in the U.S. and Canada. That's not the case everywhere. You you know you get limited SMS still uh, in a lot of places, or at least you did for long enough that it sort of pushed everybody to WhatsApp. But it's so much better. Um, than than trying to deal with SMS. So I was stoked to see the Mac app come out and I look forward to the Yeah, day. that's awesome. I think I could be wrong, but you can also do uh, voice and FaceTime type calls, <laughs> video calls over it as well, right? Thank you. Yes, I had a I had a yeah. call while I was there and I just used WhatsApp, which again is great because I was using a data-only European plan for my phone. Now I could have made calls on my Mint Mobile plan, but it would have cost me but making calls over WhatsApp just used the data, and that was yeah. you know 
cheap. And the cool thing, I'll tell you one use we did for it back when I was doing union work, we would uh, be at a conference where all the airline unions were together in one place. And, you know, there's a conference going on. And of course, our MEC executive council yeah. would would be all in one WhatsApp group. And you could say, hey, I need the safety chairman in conference room B to cover something. And you just blast that out to the group. Oh. And so yep. you could communicate to your entire group. So even if the safety chairman didn't see it, someone else in our group would go, oh, hey, Rich, you need to go over there. Yeah. So yeah. No, I, I um cool for group communication. For group communications. Yeah. Every conference I go, I mean, when we were at CES, I was part of the, you know, a CES sort of tech WhatsApp group. Uh, I, I'm part of one for, you know, mm -hmm. the upcoming podcast movement. I'm part of one for South by Southwest. I mean, it's just because it's that rich data messaging that is cross-platform. It knows no bounds. It's, right. it's iMessage for all ish. I mean, it's owned by meta, so whatever, but it's all end-to-end yeah. -end encrypted. It's, you know, it's fine. So yeah, it's good. Speaking of handy apps to use when you travel. So it was the three of us that flew out and back. Uh, my wife, uh, my son and I, uh, Lisa and I are both global entry members meaning we get to go to the the fast line when you're re-entering the united states and it works fine it just scans your face you get a little receipt you walk through the thing uh at boston logan the global entry line is is poorly designed just from a logistics standpoint because there's like a line that you have to stand in after you get your receipt but you have to walk past that line in order to go to the one of the kiosks to get it so it's it's a it's a cluster is really what it is. It's it's it moves quickly, but it would move even better if it were actually designed efficiently. Our son does not have global entry. Uh, so he and if if you're going to get TSA pre-check, just spend the extra fifteen dollars and get global entry. And that way you get both and you're, you're good to go. But uh, our son does not have global entry because it's a pain in the neck to get it. You got to go for the interview and, and all that stuff. Right. Um, so he used, I will say they renewed mine with a FaceTime interview oh that's good to know so i did not have to go to to the airport to get my re-interview so Ooh. sorry to interrupt no i'm glad you for you to share that that's that's good for us to know you if you can just live through it once then you're good to go um but he found he so so he used the mobile passport control app which you just download onto your phone uh you can set it all up ahead ahead of time you you take a picture of your passport you enter in details about your flight. And then when you land, you tell it, okay, I'm here in Boston, start the timer. And the line that he went in was, it was a very small line. Um, it, it, it was small corral because he was literally the only one in it. The, the line was labeled for uh, ambassadors and mobile passport users. And so it's like, are you a diplomat or did you download an app? He was the only person in the line. He finished well ahead of Lisa and me with the uh, with global entry. And of course, it he saved the 15 bucks. He is a pre-check member, obviously. So, yeah. you know, we paid the 85 bucks for the five years for him. Uh, but but yeah, there's almost no reason. I mean, I'm saying if you're going to yeah. bother with pre-check, get the global entry. And if, if, if all else is equal, I would. As a global entry member, I can choose either. Once I choose to use the mobile passport control for that particular entry, I can't use global entry. So you, right. you have to pick before you really know the length of the lines. But at least in Boston, Logan, the, the few times we've done it, there has been no line for mobile entry, uh, mobile, uh, mobile passport. And right. yeah, yeah. So 
Which do you use, Pete, when you come back in? Uh, I have global entry. I of have course. used mobile passport. The yeah. one total cluster that I was involved in was at San Francisco coming back from Asia one time. And I found out the hard way. I, I think I used mobile passport and I got up there and it turned out I was in the global entry line. And they're yep. like, yeah, you got to go back to the back of the line again. And I'd already stood there like half an hour. And I'm like, oh, you got to be kidding that sucks. me. Yeah. So, yeah, it it was. Yeah. But that's a good thing to know. You can do one or the other. You can't choose one and then do the other. Well, unless you choose global entry, see the line is super long, launch the app and, and push the button and then go to the mobile, the mobile passport line. Right. Point. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I like that sort of was my plan is I had my mobile passport thing sort of not, I hadn't started it, but it's pretty quick once you get all your data in there. And I was like, oh yeah, no, no, I'm, I'm doing this. This is good. It was was fine. It's just, it's just a cluster Boston Logan, everything's a cluster there. But yeah, get that app, folks, if you're doing any international travel. It's, uh, that and WhatsApp. You're going to want both of those apps for your international travel. We got more time. We have more cool mm-hmm. stuff found. Pete, you want to take us to uh, to your next one? Yeah, so the, we saw these at CES, the AWOL, A-W-O-L Vision laser uh, projectors. They had an LTV 3500 and an LTV 2500 on display. The 3500 is 3500 lumens, 4K UHD, triple laser. It uh, comes with the 3D glasses, that kind of thing. The mm-hmm. 2500, I don't know if that comes with the 3D glasses. I think it does. But uh, oddly enough, Dave, you may recall the 3500 was in kind of a darkened booth with good sound and all that sort of thing. Yeah. The 2500 was out in the brightly lit area. And it was killing it. That thing looked like an OLED TV screen. Blew me away. And it's such a yeah. short throw, too. It like, is. It's, it, it's uh, 20 inches from the wall. It will project amazing. 80 to 150-inch screen. And 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 for those of you that, that understand or are thinking about the physics of it, uh, sh- this is just below where your screen is. It's got a you know sharp angle that it shoots up at your screen, but it does all of the aspect ratio correction knowing that angle. And so you see it as you're supposed to see it as though it was being projected perfectly onto it. And the question I didn't ask at CES, but subsequently found out is, yeah, what if I don't want it on the floor in front of my screen? What if I want to hang it on the ceiling? Guess what? Yeah. It's a simple, you hang it on the, it's got a ceiling mount and it it, Yeah. So it'll do it. So it doesn't have to be right there. It's just that it can be on the floor or or a low table in front of the screen. It will hang from the ceiling as well. Um, I, I actually did a, about a three minute video about this for cool stuff found, uh, up at the Mackie Gab website. Um, let's see what else, uh, I think 2,500 lumens, but I'm telling you, we were in a brightly lit room. It did not matter in the least. It no. looked like an OLED TV. Uh, and, and Steven, I forgive me for forgetting his last name at the booth said, that's our competition. We're not competing with other projectors. We know we're better than they are. We're trying to compete with OLED TVs. It's pretty cool. Um, yeah. And then, I mean, if you've got $16,000 laying around, they have this beautiful case, uh, uh, piece of furniture, basically, that automatically raises the screen, pulls out the projector, turns it on. And when you're done with it, it folds down the screen and closes up. And it's just like a low coffee table over by the wall. It's a, it was a beautiful piece of gear. Um, but, but the 2,500 is only like 2,500 bucks, right? Yes. So, yes. yeah. And, um, yeah, it, it, which is an incredible price for oh. what, what you get 
Absolutely. Uh, it, it blows away any projector I've ever had. It, they have 36 watt built in stereo speakers, um, key, you know, all the keystone correction, which means, you know, the angle that it shoots at. Yeah. Uh, let's see. 30 milliseconds input lag at 4K 60 hertz. So it's okay for gaming. It's it's really? not, not a bad gaming uh, screen. I mean, it isn't perfect for, for they say themselves, this isn't great for, uh, you know, 1v1 shooter games. Yeah, twitchy but, gaming, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but for uh, driving Mario Kart, uh, those type of games, it, huh? it, it does just fine. Um, trying to think if there's anything else jumping out off the screen at me here. Amazing. Yeah, triple laser, 25,000 hours, which is uh, roughly just almost four years, three and a half years. Of, of, of constant on. viewing. Yeah, yeah, right. And if you use it six hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year, you're looking at 11 years before you're going to have to replace the laser. That's so, amazing. Yeah. Very cool. Really neat piece of gear. I, I want to. Yeah, of course we do. <laughs> yeah, that's right. One for inside and one for outside, Pete? Absolutely. Yeah, man. Absolutely. Yeah. I do that sometimes now. I actually have a screen out there that... Uh, yeah. In the, in the summer evenings, movie night outside. Absolutely. Well, you get... Yeah. I mean, with this with this laser, yeah. I bet you could do summer do daytime. daytime. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, one of my favorite things from CES, and that I've been using since the moment I got home and was happy to get home to it again, is yet another... Three-way charger, the three-in-one charging station, bedside table. This one comes from OtterBox. It is MagSafe approved by Apple, MFI approved, which means it'll charge at a full 15 watts. It charges the uh, the phone MagSafe. You just pop it on there, charges the watch MagSafe. And what I like about this is it's not huge like the Belkin one, but it does put the watch right next to the phone. So the watch isn't behind the phone. It's sort of... The base of it is the same size as the ones that have the watch behind the phone. Very, very tight and compact. But this one, the watch is right next to the phone. So you can kind of see both and they're right there. Uh, very well done. And then the base of it also has a uh, a Qi pad in like a little tray for built for AirPods. You could put a phone there. It's It's got a little bit of a gap. It's, it's not optimal for that. But uh, as you might expect, it's 150 bucks because... It is MFI approved and they get to say MagSafe as opposed to just magnetic. So if you want just the magnetic one, the one Pete found for like 36 bucks, there you go. It charges at seven and a half watts. This one charges at 15, uh, but you're paying the Apple tax on it. Really nice uh, piece of gear. So I'm, I'm, I'm happy with this thing. So I wanted to share. So I've got a question, Dave. Yes. Um, and you may or may not be able to answer it then. But so I, I have the, you know, the fast charger came with my watch ultra. Yeah. And, you know, that has its MFI approved for the fast charging and all that. But uh, should I use the slow charger? I did last night just for grins to go, you know what? I, I don't know if it's harder on the battery to fast charge it. Yeah. Or... Huh. Any thoughts on that, John? Dave, anyone? I, I would um, go ahead, John. Yeah. Fast charging as far as I know, we'll generate more heat and heat is the enemy. So ah, okay. that's a generic statement. It is a yes. true generic statement. As I understand it, the way Apple manages that it doesn't let it pull 15 Watts all the way up to a hundred. It'll, it'll do 15 Watts at, you know, when you're, when you're down at like, you know, okay. 10, 15, 20, 30%. And as you get closer to the top, it ratchets itself back. So I think the the iPhone and the watch, just like your MacBook, um, 
you know, I mean, you can plug your your MacBook into a hundred watt charger. Rarely will it actually use a hundred watts because that's terrible for the battery. Uh, so it it slows down as you as you get close. And and then you know, as I talked about in the opening quick tip on your Mac, which is also true of your phone and your watch, when it hits eighty percent, if you have it on optimized charging, it will wait and and just do the last little bit so that so I I, I don't. You're right that heat is bad, but I. I haven't heard anyone that's dug into it say not to use fast charging. Okay. Um, I I mean, really, if you want to do the right thing for your battery, going with John's heat is bad uh, statement, which is correct. Never use any sort of magnetic charging. Never use induction charging. Only ever plug it in uh, because that way you're not having that heat scenario generated by the charging mechanism, the battery is going to heat up when it charges anyway. Um, adding, you know, the, the induction charging of, of MagSafe adds to that heat. Sure. So you're better off kind of waiting now. Yeah. But uh, there's one, you can't plug in the watch ever. Correct. And, right. And fair. It's everyone's fair speculation that the, you know, the coming iPhones are not going to have any ports on them whatsoever. Yeah. You think that'll happen or not? No, yeah. I, I mean, I like how That's a speculation, do you, obviously. Yeah. How do you wipe an iPhone? Like the, the whole, how do you troubleshoot the thing? There's gotta be a way to plug into it. I mean, there is with the watch. Like if you open up the, the, the connectors, yeah. there's those little things that presumably Apple can use if they need to. Yeah, okay. to do that. So yeah, I don't. Well, maybe I mean, they may do that with the phone then. Ultimately, yeah. I I mean, everything I've heard. Consumer serviceable, right? So. Everything I've heard is that the phone is just going to USB C. Okay. Um, but 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 you know, I mean, yeah. I don't actually know anything. Just, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. Hey, well, I'm down a rat hole. Let me, yeah, man. Let me get one other rat hole too, real sure. quick. Uh, PM Conaway in the chat room mentioned that the uh, Inventura, the clock app, has a stopwatch. Yeah, we talked about that earlier. Did I miss it? You totally did. Don't get old. It's bad for your memory. <laughs> it's all good, man. John, what do you Sorry. have next? Um, uh, le- electronic caregiver. Okay. So I saw them, saw them at the show. What caught my eye is I walked by and there was a VRAR um, assistant on the screen. And so we went through some of the steps here. So, what I would say is that it's it's a platform to get between you, a caregiver, and a physician, depending on what you need. Uh, and it encourages a lot of uh, good habits. Uh, so one thing he demonstrated is uh, have it log your medications or let it remind you to take your medication every day. Um, if you have certain conditions it can interface with certain devices like a thermometer, you know, a Bluetooth thermometer, um, or a cuff that can take your your uh, your pulse and all that. And it can also interact with, um, you know, with the physician if if you do have uh, if some of your values uh, are out of spec, then it will let people know whether it's a caregiver or a uh, physician. Um, now, does this use your your phone, your iPad? Like, what's no, the? No, it's it's, it's it's its own thing. Its own thing. Got it. Yeah, okay. I, I think it's a Windows machine. Oh, um, 
under the hood. But but you regardless of what it is, it, it's sort of part and parcel of it. And it's at electronic. It's called electronic caregiver. Is that right? Correct. Yeah. Um, it can instruct your caregivers on how to interact with um, uh, with the person they're taking care of when certain things come up. Mm. Um, it provides a portal to get behavioral health, which, um, you know, especially uh, <laughs> if you're locked up inside all day, you may need that. Yeah, we all. I I think regardless of whether we're locked up inside all day, I, I think making I, no, it's, it's no joking matter to me. I, I think no, you're mental. Right. Yeah, I, I, I'll say it in a trite way. I think every single one of us would benefit from seeing a therapist. I'll just like that. That that's there's there, there's a lot of good that can happen there, and in, in just being able to talk things out. So yeah, no, that's great. That's great. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I think I mentioned this, but, you know, you can get one of those, um, you know, they'll guide you on the use of the, uh, you know, I've fallen in, I can't get up thing. Sure. So if if, if you need help, uh, it offers multiple ways for you to get that as well. Cool. Um, cool. Fun so stuff. check them out. If, if you're, if you're taking care, if you, if you're caring for someone that can't care for themselves, then I think this is a, a neat platform to do that. Pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, the next step I have is, is nothing quite as, as earth shattering as that, but it's from Jeremy. It's called the pebble bee and it is a twenty nine ninety nine find my capable tracker. Uh, he says, I found it on Jeremy says I found it on Amazon. It's similar to the Chipolo tracker, just less expensive and still works with find my, uh, and they've been pretty responsive to questions on Amazon. Yeah, it, it's, um, it, it's a flat sort of thin wallet shaped tracker, if you will. And, uh, and yeah, it's, you know, find my, it participates in the find my network, meaning it's, you know, it's, you're going to be able to get what you need out of it. Uh, Wouldn't you know, as soon as I glued a, uh, air tag thing onto my wallet, of course, Pete. an air tag in there, they yep. come out with a flat credit card size. That's right. If if only we had done this CSF when Jeremy sent it uh, about a month ago, maybe. Uh, yeah, sorry, uh, maybe that uh, wasn't quite a month ago. Uh, maybe three weeks ago. But uh, but yeah, yeah. Good stuff. Um, Ben's got a fun little one, right, John? Oh yes. Wait. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Ben. It's a web page you get to visit, right? Is it? That, that does this? Yeah? Yeah, here we go. Um, appear in my vocal group. Just inform me about Y2Mate, a free YouTube downloader. Check it out. Um, on YouTube, go to the video you want to download. Um, and then he has a little trick here. In the URL, type pi after YouTube and before com, like this, www.youtubepi.com. Slash and then the uh, the watch code for that oh. particular video. Um, you can also just go directly to Y two Mate. Um, so this isn't an app that you download. This is a web page that will do the conversion of the video you request and let you download it. Is that right? Yes. Mm -hmm. How are they not being shut down? Um, good question. Right? I mean, like, like that seems... I bet they appear to YouTube as just somebody watching the video. Yeah, yeah. but 
you like, know, I know they could still shut it down. They, they got big brains over there. Well, and, and where the reason I asked that question is it's one thing to use like, you know, one of the, the various uh, YouTube okay. downloader apps on your computer, right? Cause you're downloading the YouTube video and then you're, then, then you're converting it locally is, is what's happening right. with this. They are uh, converting it on their end and then letting you download from them a DRM ripped version of content that is YouTube's or belongs to a content creator on YouTube. That's like, like they are now participating in stealing content. Like, you know, it's like, it adds. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I don't like, I, I mean, they're still, they're still up as of, as of this moment when we're recording the show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, huh. All right. Well, you know, We'll see how long they last. Right. Yep. Pete, what's next? So, listener John writes, Cinder Sorhos. I hope I didn't. No, I think that name. I think you got that right. Yeah. yeah. He just released a new on the Mac app store um, uh, app called Amazing AI that lets you lets you run stable diffusion on an M1 or M2 Mac. And oh, by the way, Ventura 13.1, 13.0, it do not work. The, okay. uh, oh, the link is indeed in the, uh, in the show notes. Give me a second. button. Yep. Uh, yeah, this looks pretty cool. It's, it, it's like using the, the Dolly thing that we talked about a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. So here it is. I'm back. Uh, so, uh, what is stable diffusion? Stable diffusion is an open source image generation app. Unlike Dolly or mid journey, every image creation happens on your own machine and there are no fees for using it except for your electricity bill. And note, if you do install it, you might initially think it's not working because it's, uh, image generation is taking place on your local machine. Uh, not a bank of high-powered servers in the cloud. He says his first image took uh, a little over a minute to render, oh, and okay. he's on a MacBook Pro. The link is in the show notes. Um, I, I've played with it a little bit, and yeah. I've had some really good results and and some pretty stupid <laughs> results. But but you know, I mean, it that's uh, machine learning. Uh, it 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 was mostly very good huh. and lots of fun. Like I had Santa in a snowstorm. Um, Santa flying in a snowstorm and, and there was Santa off the ground and snow all around him. And, and it came out pretty good. Uh, when you try to get too granular, you know, like I had, I would tried, uh, tiger flying cause I have a Grumman tiger, you know, tiger flying in a rainstorm and a snowstorm. It just, you know, it had like snow and then black and orange stripes. And sure. Okay. Yeah yeah, yeah. 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 I don't get it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Makes sense. But, but a fun little app to play with. Yeah. Huh. It was neat. That's cool. I like it. That's cool. Fun stuff. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Next up, Aaron, uh, talking about AI while we're on the subject. Aaron says, check out Waves Clarity VX. This It's 36 bucks, and it's a, uh, a plug-in and a, an engine that uses AI to clean up vocals and dialogue. So helpful. Like if you do an interview with someone that you've recorded and you want to clean that up, this is now kind of taking it to the next level and using that whole machine learning model to, uh, to, to clean that stuff up without you having to like painstakingly go through and do all that hard work. And for 30, so yeah. So Dave, tell me, uh, what does cleanup mean? So if you've got, you know, a lot of background noise, wind, static, 
you know, extra reverb in a room, it like to be able to de reverb things is magic. I, I've, I've, magic. I've done this with uh, Isotopes RX plugin in the in the past, and it's amazing. So, um, so I'm curious to sort of compare that to to Waves Clarity VX. Right. Yeah, I would love to. If anyone ever hears of, please let me know something that you could take out the ums, the uhs, the oh. and uhs, the so. And I get that that's difficult, but I would think that at some point you'd be able to go, I want to take out all the ansos, the mm. um like, and you knows. Yeah. You know, you I'm w- able to type, you know, or make the sound, you know, take it out. I, I think RX 10 from isotope will get you there. Oh, okay. uh, because well, it's smart enough. Like I've, I've done it where I take, the audio from this show and feed it in now it takes a little bit for it you know a few minutes for it to examine everything but then it knows that there are multiple speakers and if i say okay name speaker a john and name speaker b pete and name speaker you know c dave whatever then it like the rest i can say isolate john's parts if john's audio is too low i could bring that up uh and it 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 will you can also search by text phrases so it's converting it at least internally to words so i I, like i haven't used it to you know d um to take out words like you can take out hum and and d reverb and all those things sure but i don't like it's there like you could i'm just trying to think if it's got some automated way of pulling those things out, you certainly could search for them and then, you know, chop the audio that way. I don't know. So it'd be worth taking a look at. Yeah. I'm certainly going to play with it. There's no doubt about it. Uh, I just know that, you know, I spend way too much time on my show pulling out that stuff and I probably shouldn't. I don't think people are as bothered by the verbal ticks, particularly my own as I am. Right. Right. I, 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 you, to a point that is correct. Uh, as I go through, you know, I edit the ads, I pre record the ads right. for the show so that I can keep them tight. And the process of doing that, I edit the ads down and it highlights for me all the verbal ticks that I have, makes me aware of them. And, Certainly hasn't rid me of them entirely, but just that process, the the self awareness helps. Sure, you try to remove those from the thing, and I tell the guests before they come on. I said I'd much rather have a silence than a um, and because so that's a lot harder for me to find and pull out than the silence. I can see the silence, and silence isn't such a bad thing. No, it's not either. Right, like in our heads when we're talking. Silence is much longer to us than it is to the people who are listening. And so just waiting to speak and learning that you don't need to say, and then I went to this and like that gets pretty annoying. Uh, You don't need to do that. Hard to get used to, by the way, but it It, is doable. It really is much harder than I ever thought it would be. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right, we got we got time for one more, and I wanted to share this thing that Mike sent in. It's called Mac, or the URL is macapps.link. I had heard people talk about an app for Windows called Ninite, N-I-N-I-T-E, that let you just select the apps that you wanted to put 
on your Windows machine, and then it would just download them and automatically install them. MacApps.link is like Ninite for Mac. You select the apps that you want to install from a web page. You click to download them, and then boom, it puts them uh, on your computer. So thank you for sharing that with us, Mike. I, uh, I appreciate that. Next time I set up a new Mac, which might be this week on this particular one, because you got to do it. I, the core sound, the core audio. I, I need to know if a clean slate on this computer will solve the problem that I'm having, or if it's just Ventura versus Intel versus core audio is, you know, is, is just a, a non-starter the way that I need to integrate both hardware and software audio devices. So I don't know take that machine and read. I'm going to, I'm going to wipe it clean and try it. Yeah. First. Yeah. 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 I'm not happy about this Pete, but, but I need to know before I replace it, because if I replace it, I want to know, do I just take migration assistant and let that, you know, convert me over and, and be done with it. Sure. Or yeah. do I, do I need to start from scratch anyway? And so it's like, well, if I'm going to do that, I, I might as well do it now. So later this week, I've carved out some time on my schedule. If I, if I can actually keep that time carved out on my schedule, by the time we record again, I should know the answer to this. But, uh, but you know, that time won't come unless the show ends, Pete. John, we got to uh, we got to wrap it up today. Fun one. Exactly. That time is- the time has come, the walrus said. Got anything else to uh, share, John, before we... Uh, before we head out of here? Not at the moment. All right. Thanks to the folks at Cashfly for providing all the bandwidth to get the show from us to you. They also get another show to you. That's Pete's Aviation Podcast, So There I Was. Go check that out at SoThereIWas.us. We've got merch. You can wear a T-shirt that looks just like the one Pete's wearing if you're watching the video. It says, don't get caught on the front. Very cool shirt. Go to MacKeekUp.com slash merch. To get yours. That's what we got. Make sure to check out Masterclass at masterclass.com slash MGG. Make sure to check out all our sponsors. You go to MacGeekUp.com slash sponsors or just go to MacGeekUp.com and click on sponsors at the top. There we list all the active deals, whether it's a current sponsor or not. We've got you covered. It's good to be back. John! What's Pete's shirt say again? Um, don't get caught. Made on a Mac. That it does. That it does. <laughs> Later.